Welcome listeners to another episode of the Sequoia Breeze podcast, a breath of fresh air for your homeschool. I'm so glad you're back and joining us today as we talk with HST Amy Griffin and tackle the subject of teaching science in your homeschool. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Amy. I'm so glad you're here with us this week. What a cool experience. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, great. So tell us a little bit about you. Who? What's your background? What's yeah. your family like? Yeah. Um, so this is my fifth year with our schools in various names. Um, I have three kids. I have a 21-year-old daughter who is a junior in college, and she's in Spain this semester. Oh, how fun. No, I'm living vicariously through her. Right? Yes. Um, and I have a freshman who is at Boise State, and then I've got my little junior high school kiddo back at home, and he's loving all of the attention. (laughs) Not really. Not really. Um, and my husband and I have been in Placer County. My, My daughter was three months old, so we've been here a really long time. We migrated like everybody else out of the Bay Area so we could actually have like a home and not have to kill ourselves. And so um, this is, this is the longest I've ever lived anywhere. It's nice. It's it's awesome. Yeah. Um, And I actually taught brick and mortar in Santa Barbara, um, fourth and fifth grade. I know it was pretty great Um, and moved back up. And when we got married and had kids, I just was like, I don't want to be that woman nursing in the supply room. So I subbed a bit and just kind of did whatever I could do um, to kind of fill in and stay kind of fresh with teaching. Um, so homeschooling has been just, it's awesome. It's, That's great. So did you homeschool your kids? I did not. Okay. I actually ended up homeschooling a little girl who had a medical issue. And that's what really got me going with it. And I just saw the value, what we could get done was just incredible. And she was probably the most resistant child I've ever met, but we could just dig in and go everywhere. So it was really, it was, it was enlightening. Like, what oh, an interesting it. experience. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. It was That's great. super cool. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my science background is a little, I back, I backed into it. Um, I keep hearing that. Yeah. I've heard that story a couple of times now in the booth. <laughs> Isn't that funny? And so I would not sit here and be like, I'm some expert any, at all. But I I got involved with a maker education, a maker education program. And I was their director of curriculum. So I'm writing the, I'm writing lessons, um, TK to eight and just everything from like light and circuitry and robotics and just really fun stuff. Um, and really just dove right into it. And I, I loved it. I had no idea that I would love it so much. And it, I had decided I was not a science girl. I'm like, mm. oh, no, I'm not, you know, <laughs> that's not my thing. That's not my jam. And it actually is my jam. And so I think I, I, I serve as representing this person who has made this decision. So when I see kids come to me who are like, oh, no, science isn't my thing. I'm like, hold on a minute. <laughs> hold on. I got you. So because I'm that person. And so, um, you know, just opening my mind up to trying new things. It was just it's been so enlightening. Um, so I actually went back to school and got my maker education certification. And um, I've been just I'm just love it. So if some of us haven't 
aren't familiar with that term yes. maker education. What are what are we talking about? So it really encompasses everything in a way. Um, it's a movement that started a guy named Dale Doherty. Um, he would do these giant maker fairs and it was like Burning Man for kid friendly burning. <laughs> literally, you'd be like, wow. Um, so he started a magazine. He started these maker fairs wor- around the world. It's global. So things that kids create. So anything that anybody creates. It can be forging. Like, oh. I mean, like metal, huge masterpieces. At the San Mateo Maker's Fair, there was this giant, reminds me, um, there was a a movie. I, I can't think of it. But anyway, this giant spider that this guy wrote on top of that was all mechanical, robotic, would walk through the fairgrounds. And then there's people in little cars that are decorated as donuts driving around and little, like it's everything from like the bizarre to like scary world. Oh, it is <laughs> anything your mind can come up with. And so it basically giving you permission to just go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where my little art brain and my science brain had a baby. Like, yes, these are my people. I love this. I love this. So how does that, how did you then translate this like newfound, huh, this is all pretty interesting to teaching? Yes. Yeah. So really, I feel like STEAM kind of those, I feel like the maker world and and, and the educational side, STEAM would be the translation. Mm -hmm. And so um, because they add that little A in there and get the (laughs) art in there, I feel like it really expands the whole Mm. idea. So you're bringing kids in who, again, are like, I'm not good at that you're like hold on you mm-hmm. you actually might be you, there's the, you know, the s the t the e the a you gotta be good at one of those things or mm-hmm. just at least an open mind mm-hmm. i'm looking for a crack like mm. just the tiniest mm-hmm. opening in that door or window and then you just bust through then you can introduce the stuff they're like me i don't really mm-hmm. want to do that or it doesn't make sense in isolation or you know um so i think that's how I approach the whole, the whole thing. Okay. And so I really, I think they put out the science. Um, they wanted a science teacher for GHVA for junior high. And I was like, Oh my gosh, yes. And I'm, and I think I'm not sure if there was anybody else. applying. For that. <laughs> I think people are scared of junior hires and I think science is scary. So I think those two combinations mm-hmm. of things, and, and it's kind of a golden time because little kids are like, yeah, I'll do anything and open and 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 just super creative and science doesn't scare them anything. All of a sudden junior high happens and they're like, I can't do that. I'm not, I can't do that. I'm not good at that. So they lose their confidence. Mm-hmm. And so I really was like, no, hang on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's. Because they're finally old enough to actually do something. They are. They are. And especially girls, mm. you know, I hate to mm-hmm. put a gender thing on it, but it, but I th- feel like a lot of girls are like not given permission to get in there. And you mm. know, I'm not, I'm just not good at that. Mm-hmm. I, at least my experience, mm-hmm. the kids that I've seen come through the doors, mm-hmm. the boys are a little bit more open to it. Mm. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's, that, that, that's how I backed, <laughs> backed into it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so... We're talking to homeschool families. Yes. So let's, how do we take your big ideas about science mm-hmm. and turn that and apply it to our daily lives yep. in our homeschools? Yes. Yeah. Um, 
And I think the beauty of homeschool is that you get to write the script always. And science, you know, in the classroom before fifth grade is because they test in fifth grade. So it just doesn't happen. So mm. you know that you're doing at least 80% more that's happening in brick and mortar because it just, they don't get to it. Those poor teachers just don't have time mm -hmm. on top of everything else they have to do. So, you know, you're at, a, you're at a plus always. So I think if you go into it, like anything I do is awesome. So I, um, I think availability of supplies is a big thing. And I know one thing is just like, how do you not turn your whole house upside down right. <laughs> and like, Oh my goodness. Our whole house is this big science lab. So, I th you know, relegating things to areas, obviously, you know, and I think if you realistically look at your year and you look at the standards and if you're a rule follower, you're going to want to just like hit all of that stuff. The non-rule follower people are <laughs> I'll be talking to the rule followers, right? <laughs> so, you know, take rule followers or people who are in their first or second year of homeschool yes, and they're still shaking off unraveling the fear of doing it wrong and the desire to maybe match what yes. they think might be happening in brick yes. and mortar. So yeah. Giving yourself permission yeah, to, well, permission to have fun mm -hmm. and permission to not have, you know, not going to buy a big giant science book and be like, you know, go through this thing page by page. I think the, you know, once you unravel from that and you look at the standards and you look and really just find out what your kids are interested in, you take a deep dive. And and so it's very individual. Mm. I would love to sit here and go, oh yeah, you need this or you need mm -hmm. that. But you really, um, it's getting, it's, it's finding that crack. Mm -hmm. And so let's say you have a, a, your kids are really into carnivorous plants. I mean, that sounds nice, nice and interesting, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody was, was like, yeah, photosynthesis. I really want to get into that. <laughs> They just don't. <laughs> but here's here's the way to back into it is like pick something that's kind of like, ooh, oh, that's interesting. Well, how does that work? How, do, how Why does that plant have to eat anything? I thought the mm -hmm. sun provided the mm -hmm. food for that plant. So you could create a whole unit around carnivorous plants mm -hmm. and then fold in your photosynthesis, fold in your, you know, you buying your plants and 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 putting them in different places and charting their growth and um you know you've got your math you can write about it you can you know visit a botanical garden you can watch i mean youtube literally between youtube and teachers pay teachers i just like the mm -hmm. world is your oyster and which can also and, be overwhelming. <laughs> well, yeah, but we yeah. also, as you're talking about carnivorous plants, I'm like, I know there's a book about this. There's a picture book about right. this somewhere. And, oh, it's very possible even our Sequoia Grove Library has it. So, totally. you know, there's so many yes. between a local library and our school library. Yes. You can find all kinds Please. of stuff. Yeah. Uh, really, honestly, the wealth of, of just um, information, books, everything that we have here is just mm -hmm. really, it's really rich. Um, so I think you, you, you know, take what your kids are doing and then, then you really move from there. That is the defining piece to build a thematic unit, to come in and be like, let's, we can build, you can bring in your language arts. You could create a play, you know, you can get, I had kids make rap songs for me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome <laughs> like seriously a photosynthesis song i'm not even kidding that's awesome yeah it was pretty great and um yeah videos stop motion animation taking into account their learning styles and 
so you're you're hitting you're hitting boxes like mm-hmm. consistently hitting mm-hmm. boxes. So while you're talking about sometimes science topics that you cover being can be fairly individual because sometimes the specific topics don't really matter. It's more learning how to be interested in science, how to explore science, what the scientific method is, and basically understanding about plants or the water cycle or some yes. of those kinds of things. Really specific list of things to learn. It's it's really different than even maybe say American history where there's some really specific things you want to hit. Science is pretty open-ended it is. in the elementary years specifically. It is. So the beauty of that with homeschooling is that you can combine your kids. Oh, 100%. And it, it's all scalable. It's all scalable. And if you look at the standards, if you just breeze through the standards, TK to eight, it's it's literally, it builds on itself. Mm-hmm. And you can scaffold. And there's plenty of kids who have a higher IQ in other areas, right? So mm-hmm. you can forge ahead in some areas and back up. And mm-hmm. um, But I, I think once you determine when you're building a unit for, you know, if you're looking at your family and let's say you have multiple kids, you can take a science concept, you can take energy and you can make a decision. I'm going to, what's my goal? What's my objective? I want to talk about force. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about push pull with the babies. You go all the way up to, you know, Mm -hmm. sound and, um, you know, waves. And um, so you can start with what it is and then you can, take that and and build build lessons mm-hmm. individually mm-hmm. but you can still have the same conversation mm-hmm. with your with your whole family mm-hmm. um so and once you choose your content and decide and find content that works for each of your children it's pretty individual you can come back and get everybody and come and find you know do that field trip and and get everybody back together so at our house, we're learning about birds oh, right now. Yes. And so I have three of my kids focused on that together. And they're in seventh and fifth and kindergarten. And so the seventh grader obviously gets it a lot more. And we're talking about structure of wing, uh, sorry, structure of feathers. She's understanding all of it. The five-year-old is not paying attention. No. But when we watch a video about how the process of a bird yes. building his nest, building her nest yeah. and hatching her eggs and the fledglings yeah. growing and taking off and all of that, right. he gets that. He can absorb that. He can yeah. help us identify a bird on an app or something outside. Right. And so he's learning that. And the seventh grader is kind of carrying the torch of the lesson. Right. <laughs> and the fifth grader is somewhere in between yep. following along and learning as well. And so we're able to do a whole bunch yes. with the three of them. And I don't have to come up with a separate science lesson, separate science book, separate science plan, you don't. separate experiment you don't. for all three of them, because who has time for that? No, you don't. And you literature comes into play. Your writing comes into the play. Like it's all like you really literally could take your science and have that be the core of mm-hmm. what you're doing. Animals are always a win. Just <laughs> always, I mean, literally, if you just want to like break it down, everybody loves a sea otter or, a, right? you know, I mean, they just do. <laughs> like, let's just go there. <laughs> and then, and then you're, you know, you, you really, your world does open. Mm-hmm. And then I think you can meet the needs of all your children. You've got your little artist, you've got your mm-hmm. songwriter, you've got your, you know, your techie, kid mm-hmm. that wants to make the stop motion and wants to spend hours and hours mm-hmm. making that work. So there's really, it's hard because there's really no one 
it's thing. huge and i would not, i would love to be like okay here here's your here's your awesome curriculum here's your here's your one thing to do but it really you really have to gauge where your kids are well i think sometimes we don't quite realize how much of what we do is science oh so yes. if you go to the zoo there you go <laughs> there's there's all kinds of science in going to the zoo you could have all kinds of science going to the railroad museum. Yeah. Um, understanding the engineering behind oh, all the things yeah. that worked and, yeah. you know, um, going to the, I'm going to butcher the name cause I haven't been there yet. So I don't remember it, but the new smud museum. Yes. I've heard wonderful things about. Um, so the Monterey Bay aquarium. I mean, there's yeah. so many, it's easy to it take easy. field trips and learn piles or reinforce the things that you've been learning. Yeah. I think what's interesting to me, and if I was like had one like solid takeaway from all of this is that, um, and I think my heart is in this junior high age because the little guys are so receptive, mm-hmm. is that that what but what button turned off mm-hmm. and let's turn that back on, and I think and to maybe avoid that happening is not defining it so narrowly as you're saying. Mm-hmm. And then um, I had a student at JHVA, adorable. And, you know, I was doing a lesson on cell division and I'm looking at her and her eyes start to glaze over and she gets this sort of paralytic, like, <gasps> and then she's like, um, oh, Griffin, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I'm like, hold up, just, just stay right there. Don't move. And then I, I finish and I'm like, stay after class. And so she hung out with me and she's like, I'm just not good at science. And I'm like, okay, so you're my like tech girl. You are my tech girl. For, and you have a YouTube channel. And so your brain that does all of that is the same brain that is sciencey. Mm-hmm. So don't define yourself as I'm not this person or that person. And tell me what you do know that we talked about. Like, like just rewind. Tell me what you did understand. And she said, oh, well, you know, cell is. And I know this is how it has to make more cells. I'm like, beautiful. There you are. <laughs> and we can move from there. But what I needed for, and as we're really rolling out the virtual classes for junior high and high school, which are gold, and building those skills to listen to somebody and mm-hmm. really being able to absorb and understand another human and the mm-hmm. way that they communicate is really hard. Mm-hmm. It's really good for them, though, mm. too. And so I was loving the opportunity to reverse whatever thing you had in your head and really teach you how to hang in there with concepts that are not easy. Do you think that sometimes parents are accidentally shooting themselves mm-hmm. in the foot mm-hmm. in this and that maybe we talk about how hard it is or how much we hate it or, oh, I have to relearn this and we're accidentally instilling an attitude in our kids that this is hard and it's not to be liked. Model the struggle. Mm. If you don't model the struggle, let them see you work hard to learn something have to, yeah. and reap that reward. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, there's no growth without the struggle and we don't want them to, we don't want them to struggle really as moms. Right. But they kind of have to sit with some discomfort mm-hmm. and trying to figure things out. But that's the maker mindset. That's a science mindset. That is, you know, you're going to stick with this and you're going to fail. It's mm-hmm. not going to work. And even with the science experiments I do, like 
they don't all work. <laughs> they don't all work. <laughs> so, you know, what do you do? Mm-hmm. You fall apart. Do you, mm-hmm. you know, let's go tweak it. You know, what's mm-hmm. that, what's that grit? What's that resilience look like? Mm-hmm. So science serves that mm-hmm. purpose, but you, we have to present the opportunity for them to fail and figure things out. And that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of my goal and my, with my classes or my, mission and i think in science failure is not defeat no no i mean i think i think we sometimes put those two words together in our heads failure and defeat are all the same thing we do but they're not we do science is something that because a lot of us either aren't comfortable with it or it's not our go-to thing or oh we don't have time we're too busy reading and doing math and so science gets pushed off to the side and it's easy to feel that we failed at that and so then we feel bad about science and so now we don't even want to touch it and it's this big cycle (laughs) and and sometimes even that fear of that that feeling that failure is defeat seeps into just homeschooling itself because not every day is a good day not every season is a good season and it can be very easy to feel like I'm not good at this. Oh my gosh. And and if yeah. you're feeling like you're not good at it, you don't then want to no. try and tackle something that's hard for you right. like science. So I'm already dealing with math because I have to, because I know I have to do with math. So right. we're going to, you know, or writing right. or those things that are hard. They're new and we're creating new brain paths. I mean, oh, yeah. how important a work is that? We're- <laughs> it, it, it is. And such an emphasis on those two. Right. 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 But as you said, you can, do science you can do those things through science and now you're like totally winning at this gig like, yeah it's you are and embracing your own judgment about it or your own yeah. and i think that's like there's so much psychology to it mm-hmm. and the confidence like i would never be doing this if you told me t- 10 years ago i would be teaching science about right you know, I don't know everything. I'm not, I don't have a master's or, you know, some big degree, but I, I love it. But it sounds like, you know, kids. I love kids. Yeah. And I, yeah. you embrace curiosity. I do. Talk about curiosity. a little bit. I do. I just think it is the core of the whole, it's the whole story. You've also seen the opposite side, right? When they're not, you know, mm-hmm. when you see a kid that's mm-hmm. not curious and they've sort of that light dimmed. Mm-hmm. It's scary to me. So you want to get that back. Like it's in there somewhere. You got to dig a little, dig a little. Um, Cause there's something you'll find it. You will find mm-hmm. it. And then, then you're in and then you can, then they're open to talking to you and continuing to trust and take you on. I can take you on this journey of, of learning and continuing, but yeah, staying curious and staying um, willing to keep, trying and I know I have a hard time because it's easy when they're little when they want to go down a rabbit hole to be like oh sure it's all learning and you know the list of things to do isn't quite so long yes and as they get older like no you may not go down that YouTube rabbit hole again because it will take us all day and then we'll be behind and then we'll have and it can be harder to foster that curiosity when the list of like things to sort of be done and dealt with and that's the truth that i mean mm-hmm. that has to that has to happen um and, it, and you again you don't want the light to dim but you have right. to get things done right. so there yeah. is a balance there's yeah. a balance the reality to all this and you could be pie in the sky is that there you do need to get things done um my back to my little 
my little homeschooler, Grace, she um, is very resistant. School is not her thing. And super behind. Um, So one of her great loves was SpongeBob. And I'm like, okay, all right. Like I heard SpongeBob, like on and on. And so I was like, all right, I'm just going to go with it. So I looked up the author and the creator of SpongeBob. He was this marine scientist teacher down in Southern California, um, Stephen Hillenbrand, I think is his name. Um, and he created he created SpongeBob to help his teach his students about the intertidal region. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, oh my gosh, this is gold. This is absolute gold. So you anthropomorphize the you know animals. How fun is that? You know, so we did a we did a biography on him. We, you know, then talked about the intertidal zone. You can talk about tides. You get into the charts, like how do tides work, moons. I mean, you're off to the races. And it started with SpongeBob. <laughs> Minecraft is another one, right? Oh, and Miss Kelly Soper is queen. Even thinking that a lot of not sciencey kids might love cooking. Oh, for and then you've got all kinds of, you know. Yep. I noticed that this yep. is. Uh, Coming up here, there's a sourdough club. Like, how awesome is that? And how much science join? goes into sourdough? <laughs> I know. I looked at it. I'm like, I can put all my kids in it. So then I get the sourdough. I'm really good at eating sourdough. I, I'm like, I'm in. I'm down. <laughs> and I have grown sour. I'm not an expert at it. And it hasn't lasted. But yeah. like this thing is like exploding in the back yes. of my fridge. And yeah. mm-hmm. you know, there's all kinds there's of whole science exci- happening. What do you say? Science experiment? Look right. at the back of your fridge. <laughs> And when we we did mold, and oh my gosh, the kids were so tattling on their families, like the fungus and the mold conversation. You should see what's in the back of our fridge. I'm like, oh well, yeah, you know. I mean, your your mom's doing her best, but yeah, yeah. And please don't touch anything. You know, we have to be very careful. We're not like spreading disease everywhere. But it's it is it is super fun. What do elementary kids really need to know about science? I Do we need to worry as parents about holes in their knowledge of science? I think that if you take the skill sets, the underlying skill sets of of that grit, of that curiosity and and you build their in, on their interests, I think you cannot go wrong. If you ask a kid in brick and mortar their favorite day of the year, it's going to be the day, the one day the teacher did the one experiment Mm -hmm. or it's the science, the science day. Mm -hmm. One, you know, you could set out and just be like, I'm going to do one experiment outside of my comfort zone a semester. You could start there. And, Mm -hmm. and, and and like you guys, Hey, let's check this out. Um, Exploratorium has science snacks. It is a fun website. It, Oh Yeah. Love, well, of course, love Exploratorium, um, but Science Snacks are these very easy, most of the supplies you have at home um, experiments, there's a ton of them in there. So you literally could set them to task. Okay, you guys, here, here's a website. Everyone, maybe like everyone pick one and let's just, let's just do it. We're just going to get it on the calendar and do it and get together with other families. Mm-hmm. Swap, you know, I mm. mean, you plan one. Your friend plans another one and then whoop, and there you've got two already mm-hmm. going and you only have to prep and plan for one. And it's way more fun to do it with other kids too. And then there's always nature hikes. Oh, for goodness sake. Yes. You know, I mean. <laughs> Open the door. Yeah. Done. It's, Done. You yeah. can, And that's easy. And there's all kinds of 
you're in the Sacramento area and you've never been to FEU, go. Oh, I <laughs> you know? know. It's um, so wonderful. And then we have, we're so blessed with the foothills and the mountains and we can see all these different, and the coast. I and mean, we can. We really can. Within just a couple hours. And it doesn't matter where you are within our Sequoia Grove family. This is true. You it's can true. see so many different climates and ecosystems. And it is so true. It's yeah, it's we, so true. It is out special. your it's out your back door. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I'm a giant fan of our Adventure Academy classes, but you know, and you and use those. They're you know they're once a week. Mm-hmm. Use them to give you a little bit of idea. You know, some mm-hmm. ha- have some ideas. And our whole goal is to is to spark a little bit of interest. It's mm-hmm. not this like whole meal. It's just mm-hmm. the back to the snack mm-hmm. idea, right? Like it's a little bite, a little taste. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully giving parents enough of a little bit of support or ideas or curriculum support to to move forward and and do things on their own. And sometimes on a sideways note that while one kid is getting this science snack through an Adventure Academy yes. class, another kid can get someone on one time with you because... This one is fully involved in something that you use it, you know, it's, it's use it. No, it is. And, or I have all three, Mm -hmm. you know, all three or four kids Mm -hmm. in a class and I'm, you know, awesome. Mm -hmm. It's great. Read a book for half an hour. (laughs) Oh, please. Hey, if mama's not good, nobody's good. You know, got to put the oxygen mask on first. Um, And it does so much does come back to us. I know it's a ton of pressure to put on yourself, but keeping an open mindset for yourself, understanding, being very like honest with yourself mm-hmm. about your fear mm-hmm. of opening this door, embracing the idea that it doesn't have to be this big, huge thing. Well, and there's very little in science for the first eight years of school that has to be forced. Nope. You can, like you said, find the thing the kid is interested in and have them go yeah. Looking for it or just ask them to stick with you for this little bit and see what they think of this new idea that you're going to present. But most kids are curious. They are. And so letting them dig into that continues to validate their curiosity. And so they will continue to be curious and... You know, God bless the internet, good or bad. Right. (laughs) You know, with, with supervision, it, you know, you ask a question like, hmm, I wonder, you know, I wonder why frogs are albino. I don't know. And then off to the races, you're researching. And then, oh my goodness, we found a little documentary or, we, you know, we right. found something to support. And then we can go see one at, you know, a zoo, the albino alligator down in San Francisco or whatever, you know, like. It's amazing what you can find. I, I know nothing about physics, yes. but I can't pull my kids away from Mark Rober. Yes. So that <laughs> squirrel one is just <laughs> There's a little zoology. <laughs> I love him. So much good has come from that man. It's, so much good. Yeah, it's it's a pretty deep pit you can dive into you and can. the things that he's presented and and even yeah. Anyway, we, we could go, go on and on. on yeah, we could. We really could. <laughs> but I love it because it it makes it accessible. So yeah. it, he's making it accessible. He's mm-hmm. making it. Um, High interest, so high interest, always high interest. Again, if you look at those, those standards and they make your head hurt, it's okay. There are so many resources out there yep. for things that you don't have to understand at all. You don't have to like it all, but you, you can present your kids with a feast to see what attracts their attention. Yes. Even if you did like the Kiwi Coke crate, take advantage. I mean, they're the quality of the information that's coming to you 
it's not just a toy. Like really look at what they're sending you. They're really good lessons. Um, Mel science is great too. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just, there's, there's people out there that understand that this is a problem Mm -hmm. and they're going to give you everything. Mm -hmm. One, you know, here you Mm go. And even if you, even if you did those, you'd feel like, okay, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing something hands-on and just keeping it, keeping it Mm hands-on. So, yeah, I get emails from Supercharged Science all the time advertising free classes. She gives really thorough explanations, all kinds of experiments. They're really, I I do like, I do like them. I think they're a little, they can be a little showy for what they are. And it depends if your kids are like, yes, if they're mm. like the character that they're presenting. Mm-hmm. Awesome. If they're like, ugh, then maybe not. Right. But whatever they're attracted to that's speaking to them and speaking mm-hmm. their language. Mm-hmm. I'm all about it. In class, sometimes I would say things and someone would be like, I just, I'm not understanding what you're saying. And I'm like, is anybody, can anyone speak kid to the to other person and explain? And they say it in kid speak. That sounds the same to me. And they're like, Oh, Oh, that's what she was. Okay, good. Thank you. Moving on. And I, it, it just makes me laugh so hard. We all have our language and ways of communicating and that's okay if it's not me or mm-hmm. supercharged or mm-hmm. this person or, you know, it was Bill Nye back in the day, but you know, like right. whoever it was and people don't do yeah. and don't like it's pretty personal, you know, I know, um, one of my daughters is really artistic and there's a lot of engineering that goes into sculpting. Yes. Like <laughs> she's got grand plans for a horse made out of pumpkins. And it's, I don't know how she's going to put this. You're going to have to send me a picture of that. <laughs> right. I'm going to have to see that. But I'm like, okay, but how are you going to make it stand? <laughs> so there's all kinds of mechanical and engineering yes. things that can go into. I've, yes. I've noticed, started to notice. I notice so many things because of my kids. Like I look at a sculpture now and I'm like, how do you do that? How oh, do you put I that? Like, it. how did that kid's mom? <laughs> that kid's mom. <laughs> Mrs. Da Vinci, how did that right. <laughs> But they, and their curiosity, they want to see, they yeah. want to know, they want to look. Yeah. And I can say, no, we don't have time for that. Yep. Or I can say, go look at it. What yep. do you see? Yeah. What do you, what do we need to know? What do you not know the name for? Right. Or whatever. Very specific. And I, I, something kind of what you were saying kind of caught my attention. I, I think there's also an idea that we need to go out and buy a bunch of stuff. Like I'm going to go buy it. I'm going to like the one that kills me is the 3d printer. I'm like, please don't buy a 3d printer. <laughs> like, you know, just the really expensive things mm-hmm. that a lot can go wrong mm-hmm. with and that work sometimes mm-hmm. and not, you know, and the value. Okay. So what's the value? What's the value of the thing that you or buying a telescope or, mm-hmm. you know, um, first of all, look at, the, look at the lending library to see if we have anything that you can right. get, borrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm a low tech reuse girl that if you want to build a model or you want to do something, go get some cardboard. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm a little obsessed with cardboard, but just look around your house, see what you have going and work with what you have got at home and and if you need a box curiosity box in the corner you just throw stuff in that just go hit it and give them a glue gun and go make me something yeah when my husband and i had covid a few months ago my one of my kids just took (laughs) popsicle sticks and glue guns and created (laughs) unsupervised because we were too sick to pay attention both parents aren't supposed to be sick at the same time how did that happen (laughs) 
You should go play the lottery, lady. Oh, that's terrible. I'm sorry. But yeah, it was it was a week. But anyway, yeah. he created all kinds of things with a glue gun and popsicles. His own yeah. his own room. <laughs> Bedazzle it. Just make right? it all. Yeah, a little paint. A little yeah. A few I'm moving out. Scissors, but <laughs> I don't think I ever would have let my kids use a glue gun, and I'm not necessarily telling you you should, but you might <laughs> you might consider it and t- try it with them and let them see. But I yeah. had a their friend who was a teacher, and she one day we went over there for dinner and she had a table full of craft supplies and she let my kids go to town with a glue gun. It was like, oh, oh you can do They that. know it's hot. They know better than to touch the hot thing. Yeah. So they're going to be all right. Give them benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Give them cardboard to work on. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of great things you can do um, without going out. And I mean, I when I was teaching brick and mortar, there was an entire room of science kits that had dust on them. I can tell you that not a single soul went in there. Mm. And, and just to give you a perspective too. Um, and I would just be, what a waste, such mm-hmm. a waste. So don't like charge out. I gotta get, you know, like make it work with what you've got and make it work with something that you would be willing to do. Mm-hmm. Cause if you're not willing to do it, mm-hmm. they're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So get in there. And sometimes what you're willing to do once a semester is different than what you're willing to do on a weekly basis. So you can, you know, have those exceptions times, you know, this is, this is a big science day and yeah. Yeah. Especially right. Bringing another family, making it a Mm -hmm. thing. Like let's just do a steam day and and, Mm -hmm. you you do that. I'll do this one and just be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And break up, break up the littler kids with one mom and the bigger kids with a hundred. Yeah. I mean, that's just a win all the way around. Yeah. We didn't even touch on high school science. I think that's a conversation for a different day. We're getting, we're getting long, but I think all of this that we've talked about, if we can help kids keep their curiosity, learn how to explore, experiment and not see failure as defeat. And they're ready for high school. Science. Oh, I, they they really are because it does get very challenging. And that's really where the rubber hits the road for those skill sets. So they're faced with some harder things. If they're like, I can, I, if they have that confidence going mm-hmm. into it and haven't decided they're bad at it, mm-hmm. it's a win. Mm-hmm. It really is a win because you're just like, I'm here to learn. Mm-hmm. So I, high school, um, yeah, and I, and I would defer to our many we'll hit that another day. <laughs> oh so many wonderful science teachers really good yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well thank you so much for being here thank with you. us amy okay. i appreciate it we talked about several different resources in this conversation yes. today so those will be in our show notes yes. we hope that you learning coaches and parents are feeling encouraged to try a little bit of science dabble your toe in it keep your kids curious and Don't be afraid to explore. So thanks, Amy, for being here. Thanks, Rebecca. Tell us, what do you love about homeschooling? My name is Max, and I like homeschooling because you can take a break anytime you want, and you don't have to do hours and hours of homework every day. My name is Mercedes and I'm second grade and my favorite thing about um, um, is um, we get to spend time with people and our family.
Thank you for joining us today on this episode of the Sequoia Breeze podcast. I hope it has been a breath of fresh air for your homeschool. I have been your host, Rebecca Lasavio. I always love to hear from listeners. Please send me an email at podcasts at sequoiagrove.org and let me know what you're thinking, what you enjoy, questions you might have, or ideas for future podcasts.